Welcome to Bodhisattva Conversations With. I'm Julia Kai, and I interview people about aspects of their life that are or have been significant to them. Good morning. So today is very exciting. It is the first in my new series, which is Bodhisattva Conversations With, where every week I'm going to be interviewing somebody about an aspect of their life that is very important to them or has been very important to them. And this week, my first week, I'm starting with Anadi, my husband. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Good morning, Anadi. <laughs> Good morning. I'm very, very pleased to be here. Honoured. <laughs> it's very lovely, lovely, lovely to be interviewing you. And what I'm going to start with is your name, Anadi. The full Sanskrit name of your name, Anadi, is actually Shanti Anadi. That's right, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I should know his full Sanskrit name. But, um, and that's a, an awesome, fabulous name. Can you first tell us what it is translated into? Um, the Anadi part of Shanti Anadi is without beginning and without end. So it's the, it's, it's, it's like the infinite um, sign. So the uh, um, Shanti is peace without beginning and without end. Wow. It's a lovely, lovely name. So tell, tell us, when did you first get this name and how did you get this name? And this is three questions in one. And what's its significance? Um, I was given the name in 1991, I think, somewhere around about there, um, by Osho, um, otherwise known as the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, who um, had um, an ashram, um, which is like a spiritual commune in Pune. And um, actually, I didn't go to Pune. Um, at that time, I didn't get to Pune until 1993, um, but I'd been hanging out with a lot of sannyasins or people on a path of self-awareness um, for a number of years and had just become part of the whole scene, actually. And um, the significance of the name for me is about um, starting again. Um, in the way that I would like things to unfold. I would like my uh, way of being to be and um, the way that I would like to, uh, well, to be in this world, not only uh, from the kind of mental, emotional and physical perspective, but also from the kind of um, conscious perspective. So, so that was the significance of it when you took the name on, that it was a beginning again? Absolutely. And so what were you beginning again from? Um, I never really felt comfortable um, or normal in this world. In fact, actually, um, a lot of my life, um, I felt very much like a kind of alien visiting this wonderful planet, you know? And um, I think that was probably exacerbated a little bit but because uh, from a very young age, I started to go deaf. And by the age of well, nine or 10, I was pretty much completely deaf. And um, the only reason that was discovered is because I was 
by that time so deaf that um, my speech was impaired and my parents had no idea what was going on. But um, being in that world without, um, without that input coming in um, gives, gave me a very, very different perspective on life. And then when I got my hearing back, um, it was kind of, it was a kind of bonus to have that perspective on life that detachment, although that's kind of the wrong word, it's more like uh, a detachment kind of, I think in a lot of people's minds, signifies this kind of aloofness or this uninvolvement. It's not that for me. It was more like I was in this world, but kind of witnessing it or watching it. And that was from 10 years old? that was from before 10 years old i became more aware of what was going on once i got my hearing back at between 10 and 11 i can't actually remember i see so you were witnessing as your hearing was going because you were separate to the world and you weren't involved in the same way and so at 10 and 11 you were already a witnesser to the world and then so then it was some years later that you um, took the name and had you before you actually took the name which signified a real kind of new beginning is that right it did yes so before that how had the lead up been to getting the name that meant you were ready for this new fresh this new beginning um i i think i left home very young i left home when i was 15 and a half um once again um a, a lot to do with the feeling of not really fitting in quite you know like um I, I i was never excluded i never felt excluded but it wasn't you know i'm just not a normal everyday person and um and and i i really wanted to go out into the world and, and discover it for myself and discover myself for myself um so the lead up to actually um getting that name was um a sort of process of um figuring out the possibilities of the ways of being in this world and the, the, the um deciding which ways were kind of important to me and which ways weren't so it was really really about looking at choices opportunities that presented themselves to to, to me but presented themselves to me from that space of um investigation actually and so what was it about osho and the sannyasins that really resonated that meant that led to you having shanti and as the name of of your new beginning i'd um spent a lot of time reading books on mainly eastern books for some reason past life thing i should imagine but on Buddhism, on Krishnaism, Hinduism, Jainism, Sikhism, and uh, uh, and I had read books from other um, gurus, for want of a better word. I really, really loved um, Ramana, um, and I'd obviously investigated. I say obviously Maharashi because of the Beatles, and um, and and there were other um, you know spiritual teachers that I'd I'd read, but it 
seemed to me, not so much with Ramana, but it seemed to me, especially with the Buddhism and the Krishnaism, that I was going from one set of rules to another set of rules. And what I was really looking for, unbeknownst to me actually at the time, was a way without rules. And when I, when I first, um, I was first given a book actually, and it was a very original book um, by Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, as he was known then, uh, it was called Journey Towards the Heart, The Sufi Way. And I read this book and it was just like, this is it. This is exactly what I've been looking for. And what was really fabulous to me is I then got my hands on another book. I think it was probably The Mustard Seed. And I just devoured that book. And then I went through this process that lasted a number of years of literally devouring these books. I didn't just read them. I, I, I was absolutely spellbound by them. And it was... Um, I'm not saying it was the answer, but it was like, this is the possibility that I'd always been looking for, even when I knew something wasn't quite right when I was deaf as a child. Um, I, I, I knew there was a different way and I just couldn't quite put my finger on it. And this possibility and this way, what, what is that for you? This possibility and this way is to not be bound by anything. And that includes anybody else's rules, that includes morality, that includes physical restraints, that includes emotional and mental restraints or conditioning. Um, and and, and that, that's not to say that that is a state of complete anarchy, because actually that is all born of self-investigation. And I personally had this belief, and I still do have now this awareness, that if you are truly investigating yourself, you cannot truly investigate yourself based on a set of rules or a, a set of moralities. It's too restrictive, right? There's no, there's no investigation, or there is a restricted investigation, and therefore it's not a true self-investigation. I see. So you'd been doing that. Then the name was a significant um, step into it as a way of life. The name for me was, this is exactly the way forward. And to do this properly, I have to let go of any associations with Anthony, as I was previously known. And I have to start again under my own... Um, when I say rules, but my own um, intentions, actually, is a better word than rules, because there, it wasn't rules, it's an investigation. And the intent I had was complete investigation, and I had to completely start again. And what's interesting about that starting again is it does mean really, really investigating a lot of subconscious behaviours that we all have been given and we've all needed to be given from an age when we had no choice. And the thing is, the only way we can survive in this world is to be given those. Otherwise, we wouldn't learn to walk and we wouldn't learn to talk or read or write, or, you know, and so the list goes on. And, and, and we need those. But there comes a point, or there came a point for me where it's like, OK, I now know how to walk and talk and read and write. And so basically I can I can let that go or I can investigate letting that go and see what else is there. And you were 25. I was. Was I 25? I suppose. I think so. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> my maths. <laughs> that was very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about 25. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so 
that's been a um, a life path. So can you tell us how that is now over 25 years on, because you're now 54 this year, so it's more than half your life. Can you tell us how that um, is in your life today, how this, uh, how you live with this, um, with your names, energy, and what you've just explained to us? Um, so before I can kind of come to that, there was a journey, and that journey was of letting go of the past and that involved spending lots and lots of time um, on Osho ashrams initially other ashrams after that um, doing all sorts of very very deep and sometimes very very intense um, therapies that really really at times left me in a very very vulnerable state because when you are letting go of an identification that is as deep as one's subconscious um, you're in this space where there's this very, very not knowing, and it is actually like dying to the old. But of course, from that, you're reborn into the new. And so that process took a number of years. Um, um, I, you know, I went through my Saturn return at 28, and I think probably it was, I don't know, 33, 34, where I came to the, the the point in myself where it was like okay actually I, I i am completely disassociated with anything from my past and i've also uh, retrained for want of a better word my subconscious to think in the way that i want to think without any of those restrictions from the past so with that kind of set and in place um, it meant that I could walk through this world and this life in a much more observant way. And um, that's not to say that's it. It was all done by then. The work continues and continues and continues. And I remember hearing Osho talking and he was saying it's like peeling an onion. You know, you take off one layer and there's another layer and you take off that layer and there's another layer. And, and of course, that layer, every layer that you strip away um, is, is, is closer and closer and closer to the absolute source, you know, of, of in this particular example, that onion, which of course is no thingness, nothing, you know. Um, but um, so that work continues um, and that work becomes, for me, easier and easier and easier because I'm excited by stripping back the next layer and stripping back the next layer and I'm not fearful of the vulnerability and the the not knowing and the um the kind of death to something that we've been associated with a part of ourselves that we've been associated with that we're having to say okay i've really got to let this go now because otherwise i'm stuck and i've created my own cage by holding on to so with that in mind i was then able to um to to be in the world actually from a place of one stillness and two of this incredible uh, observation uh this, this perspective of observation of watching of of, of seeing and um and there have been many many lessons that i've had to learn um because actually you know um from my own experience and from my own path um my growth seems to have 
been a lot to do with um, relationships in business. So I know, you know, when we got together, there was a massive amount of growth for me and there was a massive amount of investigation that I had to do and layers of that onion that I had to strip back. And, um, and that has been absolutely incredible and, and really freeing and very, very amazing. But the continued work for me, uh, it seems to be at the moment in the world of business. And it seems to be around people that are inauthentic, that are agenda driven, that all have their own, you know, wants, desires, way things should be. But that's, um, that's where the work is, just to say, that I do know anyone who of Anadi's colleagues is listening to this. <laughs> there are some fabulous people you're working with. So just to clarify, I think you're talking about, I know I've witnessed it, that you're talking about that you have had to encounter agenda-driven, inauthentic people in this journey. And that's where the spiritual challenge has been, because there's clearly some fabulous, fabulous colleagues that, you know, I know too, who you work with. But so the area of growth, though, has been in what you said. And so how have you used this um, awareness and insight and observation to navigate the places of difficulty? It's being aware that, one, there is a place of difficulty. From the observation perspective, it's knowing that difficulty is coming and it's being able to say, OK, I recognise that difficulty is coming and I now have the opportunity to press pause and to figure out what's the best way I can manage this before I'm caught up in it which is what I see most people in this world do they that before they know anything they're in it and it's a whirlwind and they're being spun round and they've got no idea up down left right and and whatever and and so there there is this kind of um Osho used to describe it. He said, I can, I can see around the corner. And I get that. I really get that because you, it's not so much I have this great vision that I can see around the corner, but it, it is that you can see around the corner. It's like you can see what's coming before it comes. And, um, and that means, as I say, I can press pause and I can say, okay, I can see this is coming. What have I got to do? How do I manage this? And what is the outcome that I'd like from this to um, be able to? So, sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, that was it really. And so how does that so how for you being in the world of business where there are uh some challenges with um you know, yeah, agenda driven, difficult inauthenticity in inauthenticity, you need to see what's coming and you want the out- outcome. How does that marry up with your spiritual path of silence and observation? when there is a need to step back and be watching and looking for an outcome? How does that, how does that work for you? And why, the, why being in business? Because if there's a path, it would, doesn't, it may seem an anathema, no, I don't think that's the right word. It may seem a strange thing to be in business on a spiritual path of silence and um, observation. That's a lot of questions in one. <laughs> I, I, I would take those in reverse. So um, for me, my path is in business because actually in, in other areas of my life, um, I don't get challenged. And, um, you know, I, I, as I've said to you, you know, actually I could quite easily um, 
go up into the Himalayas with you and sit in a cave chanting Om for the, the next 40 years and be very, very happy, very, very present and very, very clear. And that would be fantastic. However, that wouldn't, that wouldn't allow me to investigate the aspects of myself that come up in the challenges of business. Um, and so basically, being silent, being aware and having this kind of perspective of observation in the world of business I don't think is separate from a path of spirituality or being conscious, actually. And the reason I say that is because um, um, most people, not all people, but most people in, in, in the world, let alone in the business world, uh, have not been through the processes of disassociating themselves and healing themselves from childhood wounding, past life wounding, their conditioning of the way things should be and the way things shouldn't be. And, um, and so basically those people, they don't have an awareness they, of generally what's going on. What they have is I, I'm doing this because, and there's always a reason why somebody's doing something, right? I'm doing this because I need to prove myself or I'm doing this because, you know, um, I want to, be I want a bigger house than the next door neighbor I can't think of any examples but there is always something that people want outside of themselves generally and for me if I can be um, in the midst of those people and if I can maintain my stillness and I can maintain being silent and probably most important for me at the moment is to be non-reactive and if I do react to really really look at that because that is another layer of that onion to be peeled um, it seems the business world for me is a, is a um, great place to do that and 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 just to kind of come back to the people that I'm working with what's really interesting to me is that more and more coming from that space and more and more peeling that onion of its layers, which is obviously me and my own stuff, um, leads me more and more to people that I absolutely thoroughly enjoy working with. How interesting. So the more you are conscious and you're not pulled into unconsciousness in any way by any people you might encounter who are unconscious, the more you're working to stay silent and to work very deeply on your own spiritual process in an environment that is more challenging the more you are having that reflected with the people you are now finding you are gathering around you to work with absolutely wow very, how fabulous that was well that's what i heard you say <laughs> so fabulous thank you what a brilliant what a brilliant journey wow very, very interesting. Thank you for being oh, my welcome. first. <laughs> Thank you. It really is an honour. I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I love it. I think people will find it really, really interesting. And thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to be a part of our community, please join my Facebook group, Conversations with a Bodhisattva.